I hope you guys are all comfy and in your pajamas, maybe. Got your cup of coffee ready. We're going to sing a song. I'm going to sing a song that uh, I wrote. Um, Paul tells us to let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly and to sing spiritual songs and hymns to one another. And uh, I wrote a song. Maybe you've heard it. Maybe you have not. Um, I put it on YouTube. I gave you the story behind it. And uh, since we're not able to gather together in, in our church, it's Allenwards Bible Church, and we're in our homes, I figured I'd just do something really stripped down and uh, just really simple. So uh, this is a song I wrote. I hope that you find great encouragement and comfort in it this morning. You are the one who created everything by His Son in whom we are complete commanded the light to shine out of the dark shine in our hearts the glory of the Lord there is nothing we can hide you turn darkness into light You're the one who called the place the stars in the sky You're the one who comforted the light You're the one who makes the prisoner free to sing Free to sing, you are holy You have made peace by the cross and by his blood, by the death of his son, who died for everyone, was risen again, paid for all our sins, he made us alive, and seated up on high, and there is nothing we can do. But put our faith and trust in you, Lord You're the one who placed the stars in the sky You're the one who called forth the light You're the one who makes the prisoner free to sing Free to sing, you are holy Great God and Savior, Jesus Christ our Lord, the God of our salvation, the God of three in one, you are worthy, worthy of the glory. All the glory, you are holy, a holy Lord. You're the one who placed the stars in the sky. You're the one who comforted the light. 
You're the one who makes the prisoner free to sing, free to sing. You are holy, you are holy, Lord. All right. Oh, good morning, everybody. We're going to start off things with a word of prayer and we'll kind of jump in. God, we thank you so much that you are the one that created everything, that we are complete in Christ. There's nothing that we're lacking for those who have put their trust in you. And God, this morning we pray for our kings and those that are in authority. And with everything going on in the world right now and, and the fear and the, uh, the uncertainty, God, that we know where our hope and our trust is, and that's in you, Lord that we brought nothing into this world and we can leave uh, when we leave it and depart from it there's nothing that we can take with it but god this morning i pray uh, for all of those that are hurting and searching for answers and for the truth this morning that they would find it in your word as we search the scriptures this morning we love you and we give you thanks and praise in the name of our lord jesus christ amen all right well i hope everyone is doing well this morning I just want to take a minute just to say welcome, uh, good morning, greetings, grace and peace and from God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ to Lauren, Grace and Charity, Mom and Dad, and Obed, Linda, Karen, Bill, Lily, Sharon, Sally, Deanne, Pam, Bobby and Bobby, Norma and Lyle, Bill and Jennifer, Mary and Thomas, Tess, John, Norma, Lulu, Roger, Kyle and Rebecca, David, Carla, Tammy, Pam, Lisa, Cecilia, Lori, and if there's anybody else that I'm forgetting, good morning to you guys. I wish that I could be there with you gathering together in the space, uh, but you know we are supposed to be subject to to um, the powers that are that be of in Romans 13, Paul encourages us to do that. And you know, until further notice, we're going to be gathering online, and uh, we'll get through these tough times together. If this is your first time tuning in, just three things that you should know that we're about. We're about getting people saved through the gospel of Christ, putting their trust in Christ, dying for their sins, buried and res resurrected the third day for their justification. Uh, we're about knowing the truth and understanding your Bible and how to study it by the only Bible verse that God tells you how to study it by rightly dividing the word of truth. And number three is how to walk in Christ. I'm saved. I'm sealed. Now what am I supposed to do about it? And that's kind of what we do here. And a couple of announcements before we kind of jump into the message. Uh, Tennessee Grace River uh, Grace Family Retreat. Uh, the Medina Bible Conference held by Sells Arbor Church spoke with Mark Gabert last week. It's still on, uh, and we're uh, uh, trusting that all this bypasses. So I want to give you those dates, June 25th through the 28th. Mark that on your calendars. It's Thursday through Sunday. It's a wonderful time of fellowship. You're able to just be there in Nathan Bedford Forest State Park, and there's going to be a lot of great teaching, preaching, fellowship, and singing songs to one another. So I encourage you to mark your calendars down for that. Uh, if you need more details, please personal message me and I'll be gladly to give you the information that you need. Also want to give you another date. Summer Family Bible Conference is coming up July 11th through the 16th. And that's still on. As far as my understanding, it's going to be in Itasca, Illinois. Uh, go to www.graceimpact.org or contact 
Uh, I believe there's a number on here. I lost it. I can get you more details for that. Now, we are in the middle of a series, but before we kind of continue with our series, I feel like there's some things that we have to acknowledge, uh, especially granted the things that are going on in the world today. You know, um, there's people kind of all over the spectrum of what to believe and what not to believe. And I'll just straight up tell you, we know um, family that's been impacted by this. We know members of Sound Words Bible Church whose family members have been impacted by this. So please pray for them. This is something that is serious. Um, we have, uh, you know, like I said, there, there's all these conspiracies, what to believe, what not to believe. But... Nevertheless, the impacts that we're seeing financially on organizations that are being closed, uh, companies that are putting their, their, their employees on furlough, people not knowing now what are they going to do for income, and the fears and the anxiety and the stress, it's very real right now. It's very real. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, Paul tells us, For God did not give us the spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. And so... You know, we are, we're, we're going through some tough times right now. And, you know, it amazes me also on top of this is now you have these people that are just coming out of the woodworks and prophets chiming in on the times and saying, oh, it's the end of the world. We have all this. Uh, it's just amazing for me to see and pay no attention to them. All right. I, I just got to. I got to lay some things out here. Uh, let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. We'll start there. And this has nothing to do with the message, but I want to acknowledge it. In Ephesians chapter 3, notice what Paul writes in verse 2. If ye heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me, to you word, how that by revelation he... The Lord Jesus Christ made known unto me the mystery. So when you look at your Bible as a timeline, all right, when you study and read your Bible to prove yourself to God, not to any man, but between you and the Lord, and you understand how the Bible is laid out, we are living in what we just read, the dispensation of the grace of God, meaning and it was a mystery, meaning this stuff, that we're living in was never prophesied in the Holy Scriptures in, in times past. You can't read it about anywhere outside of Paul's epistles in those 13 books. And God is dispensing grace. And we're living in what's called the age of the mystery. All right. Meaning you can't find anything that prophesied about these times. Ever since the cross of Calvary and the falling and casting away of Israel and the rising up of the Apostle Paul and the forming of the church, the body of Christ. We're living in grace. God is not doing blessings and cursings dependent upon how you live your life. God has blessed you with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You didn't do anything to earn it or deserve it. All you did was simply trust in Jesus Christ. All right. That said, there's no prophetic things going on as far as what you read in Daniel and Revelation and in Matthew 24, the tribulation, all that stuff. The church, the body of Christ is not going through that. And I can show you in the scriptures where it tells us that. Go to uh, 1 Thessalonians. Hang a right. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. 
Notice what it says in verse 10. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us, the church, the body of Christ, from the wrath to come. You want to know what the wrath to come is? Like I said, go read Daniel, go read the book of Revelation, and go read Matthew 24. That is the wrath to come. And what's going to happen, What really what's going on right now, it's not the world's on fire and, and all these things that you're going to read and what's going to happen in there. Nobody's going to want to be a part of that. Um, but what really is going on is men and women that are giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils and teaching things that aren't even in this book and completely ignoring the Word of God and leading people astray from God's Word. If there's anything that I think you should be worried about, it's about all of the messages and teachings and preachings that you're going to hear this morning coming from people doing things in the name of Jesus. And you're going to see this in the book of Colossians. Four times in chapter 2, Paul warns the Colossians, beware, I'm going to touch on that, the great conflict. I'm getting ahead of myself. But there's another thing that I want to acknowledge, this mindset of blessings and cursings, meaning like, look, we just had tornadoes that ripped through Nashville. It was horrible. It was awful. I had a chance to be able to go there and see some of the damage and serve some of those that are affected. Terrible. You know, and there's people that are say, oh, God, you know, protected me. Well, what about the people that are died? How's that even fair? I want to show you two verses, all right, for something for you to chew on, all right? Let's go to Ecclesiastes. We're going to the Old Testament. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter, chapter 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Notice what it says in verse 11. King Solomon, writing here, he says, I returned and I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. Hold, and now, now let's go read one more verse. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Sure, I grab the right verse. We're going to verse 45. Now, this is Jesus Christ speaking to the children of Israel in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. Point being, Time and chance happeneth to everybody. Another word to put there would be lucky and unlucky. You could be in the right place at the right time. You could also be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And so with the devastation of the tornadoes and with this whole entire pandemic that we're seeing and people getting sick and people not getting sick, to say that they didn't get their lives straight and that it's their fault that they got sick and this is God bringing judgment on them is completely false. And not in accordance with what the scriptures say. All right, it, it drives me bonkers to see some of this stuff. And it's people that are, it's men and women that are teaching these things and proclaiming these things, all in the name of Jesus. Well, I got news for you. 
God isn't doing prophetic things today. He isn't blessing or cursing your life dependent upon whether you get your soul right or not. He's dealing, dishing out grace. Dishing out grace. Grace that you will not ever be able to comprehend what Christ accomplished at Calvary for you on your behalf. All right? The next big prophetic thing to happen is going to be the catching away of the church, the body of Christ. You can read about that in 1 Thessalonians. We're going to get there uh, next, next week, actually, in part 10. Now, we're in part 9 of our series titled, No Other Doctrine. It was inspired out of 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. And it was basically God telling, speaking through Paul to Timothy, Take heed unto the doctrine. That doctrine, those 13 books, Romans 2, Philemon, and charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Because what's interesting is we've been going through the series. We, we touched on Paul's uh, pre-prison epistles, right? Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians. Then we finally get to his prison epistles. Ephesians, Philippians, which we covered last week. Now we're in Colossians. And some quick facts, you know, that are really interesting about the book of Colossians. One, it's a very short book. It's only four chapters. You could read it in five minutes. Uh, So I encourage you to do so. Paul had only heard of their faith. He never saw them face to face. It's very similar to the book of Ephesians. There's a lot of church, the body of Christ doctrine that you can't find anywhere outside those two books. Paul mentions the body of Christ in Romans and throughout Corinthians, but he really lays it out in those two books of Ephesians and Colossians. Four times in chapter 2, Paul warns the the Colossians of men beguiling, judging them, spoiling them, making money off of them. And these men are all false preachers, teachers, prophets, and apostles all doing these things in the name of Christ. Something to just bookmark and think about. Alright? First half is basically what to believe. The second half is basically what to do about it. So there's four things we're going to talk about today. Uh, so turn to the book of Colossians while we get there. In your Bibles, strongly advise that you, you have a Bible and open it up and read it. Tablets, phones, they die on you. So uh, four things we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about Paul's prayer for the Colossians. We're going to talk about Paul's great conflict for the Colossians and them at Laodicea. And then we're going to talk about the doctrine of being buried and risen with Christ and made complete in Him and that we should continue in prayer and thanksgiving. So we're in Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. And we're going to read uh, a few things here. Colossians chapter 1 verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timotheus our brother to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ which are at Colossae. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Side note, if you don't have a King James Bible, a lot of translations remove the Lord Jesus Christ out of that. their texts. That's pretty serious because that's the name of our Lord today, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3, We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which ye have for all the saints for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven where have ye heard before in the word of truth of the gospel 
which is come unto you as in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit, as it doth also in you, since the day ye heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. So, verse 4, Paul had only heard of the Colossians' faith. And what you're going to see is from verse 9 through 16, Paul is going to give his prayer for the Colossians. And I'm going to read this right now. This is my prayer for everyone tuning in to Sound Words Bible Church right now. This is my prayer for you. So uh, we're in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, did not cease to pray for you, and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering and joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption. Now pay attention for, for those next three words, because this is where the redemption comes from, through His blood. Now why am I emphasizing that? Because once again, if you don't have a King James Bible, they remove through His blood out of their texts. NIV, ESV, NLT, those are the biggest translations used across the world today. And that's a big problem. All right, God has magnified Thy word above all Thy name. Remember I told you in the latter times, it's going to be evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And the spirit behind all of it is Satan. And what he's doing is he's attacking the Word of God today. And if he can dumb down the Word of God, if he can keep the truth out of your hands, well then how's the Word of God going to be able to work effectually in and through you? Something to think about. In whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. We're still continuing the prayer, Paul prayed. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by Him, Jesus Christ, were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Him and for Him. So, what you're going to see from verses 17 through 29 now is you're going to be reading about the doctrine of the church, the body of Christ. And I'm just going to read it. I'm just going to, let's just keep going. Verse 17. And he, the Lord Jesus Christ, is before all things, and by him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church. It was the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. And I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled 
in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Man, there's just so much for you to unpack in the book of Colossians. Really, we could spend a year in this book. And it's hard to condense everything into just the time that we have and acknowledging what we have here. But a couple of things for you to realize. We have peace. We have peace through the blood of his cross. Just as in Moses in the Old Testament, when uh, he told the children of Israel to, to uh, take a lamb and shed its blood on the doorpost, right? And so that when the Passover came, it wouldn't kill their firstborn. Well, guess what? God took his own son shed his very blood on the cross at Calvary so that you could be covered and have peace with God and you don't have to worry about death and hell. Now, you might be worried about how you might die. I'm a little bit concerned about that. But I'm not worried about where I'm going afterwards. This hope that we have is not a hope-so hope. It's I know-so hope. I know exactly who I am in Christ, my standing, what I have. I've been made, what's it say? Holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in His sight. Was there anything that I did to do to deserve that? No. All I did was trust in Christ, His death, burial, resurrection for my sins, and I received all these things. The simplicity in Christ is so incredibly simple. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus. If you're not studying your scriptures, if you're not reading your Bible, anyone that comes in the name of Jesus, any man or woman, and talks about spiritual things, and you believe whatever they just say, Man, you can find yourself going off slowly into a path where you think Proverbs talks about there's a way that seems right to a man, which but ultimately leads to death. I, I, I strongly encourage you, get in your Bible, read it, study it, understand the scriptures so that you're not going to be beguiled or spoiled or judged by any man. All right? So I, I encourage you, Read 17 through uh, 29. Uh, There's a lot there. There's so much that we can talk about. I'm only going to highlight things. Verse 25, Paul writes, Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Paul's epistles finished. His 13 books finished this book. All right. God has prophesied everything that he wants to say. It's all right in here. God isn't prophesying through prophets and apostles today. He's given us our word. So all we got to do is get in it, read it and study it. You want to hear the word of God, get in the scriptures because God is not speaking to people. And and a lot of there's a lot of doctrine going on today and people believing. And I used to thought think this, too. That, oh, if I'm just praying, I'm listening, I'm trying to tune into the Holy Spirit, and I'm hearing these thoughts, this must be the Holy Spirit. I got news for you. That's not how God operates today. If, if what you're hearing there is not lining up with the Scriptures, I got a news flash for you. That's another Spirit, and that's another Jesus. And you might have been hoodwinked into believing another Gospel. That's not the Gospel. And in fact, there are men and women today preaching from pulpits across the globe another gospel. And that gospel 
is not going to lead people to heaven. It's going to lead people straight to hell. That's why I, I have this fire in me. I couldn't handle seeing all of the false teaching and preaching going on in the world. I mean, literally, all the stuff is public knowledge, people. You can just watch a video. You can go to these people's websites. You can read their doctrinal statements. And what you need to do, you shouldn't be believing everything that I'm saying. You should be looking at it weighing what they're saying, look at the scriptures and compare how the scriptures line up with what they're teaching. And if there's not lining it up, then you need to do what Paul writes, mark them and avoid them that teach anything contrary to the doctrine which you've learned. And guess what? If you haven't learned Romans 2 Philemon, how in the world are you going to be able to mark and avoid them? Something to think about. Now, We've discussed Paul's prayer for the Colossians. The doctrine that you're going to find here in, in uh, verses 17 through 28. Well, let's read verse 26. To fulfill the word of God, Paul's letters fulfilled it. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to who? To his saints. If, if you've trusted in Christ, this might be a newsflash for you. It might not. You're a saint. All right. You've, your, your identity is completely changed in Christ. You crossed over from a sinner to a saint. And we're going to get to that in verse in chapter two, because you when Christ was buried, you were buried with him. When Christ was risen, you were risen with him. That old man is dead. You've been you've got that new inner man now. Um, let's keep reading. 27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, among the uncircumcised heathen, amongst every nation today. Because God's dealing with individuals. He's not dealing with nations as he did in times past. And this is that mystery, ready? Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we might present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. God is living, dwelling in people today. And He's dwelling in those people that have trusted the true and glorious gospel of Christ. And you can read about it in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 4. And when you get to the part where it says, Our sins, put your name there. Put your sins because 2 Corinthians chapter 5 tells us that for he, God, hath made him, Jesus Christ, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So Christ, when he came to this earth, walked amongst uh, his people, Israel, went to the cross at Calvary, died, was buried, and resurrected from the dead. And it wasn't until you get to the Apostle Paul that Christ revealed these things. That it wasn't just dying for his people's sins over here, but he died for everybody, for you and me, heathen Gentile dogs in the Scriptures. I'll gladly be a heathen Gentile dog. Why? Because the inheritance that I've received, which is far above all heavenly places, blows my mind what we have. The inheritance... And when you really dig into Paul's epistles and you understand who your identity and what your inheritance is, it'll blow your mind. It'll change your life. Chapter 2 is all about Paul's great conflict for the Colossians and them at Laodicea. Let's read it. Um, chapter 2. 
For I, verse 1, Paul, for I would know that ye knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea. And for as many as have not seen my, my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I believe the great conflict that Paul had for the Colossians and the Laodiceans is men coming behind after Paul. Hold this. Let's go to, to Acts, 20, Acts uh, chapter 20. Uh, Acts chapter 20. Now, from Acts 13 to 20, Paul is in his pre-prison ministry. He's doing missionary work. And from Acts 20 through the 28, Paul is going in and out of prison. I want you to notice some things uh, once Paul is now getting ready to head into prison. And I believe he wrote these epistles, these prison epistles. You don't got to believe it? It doesn't matter. But nonetheless, let's read what it has to say. In Acts chapter 20, verse 22. And now, behold, I, Paul, go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Save the Holy Ghost, witness, witnesseth in every city, saying, Bonds and afflictions abide in me. Talking about the prison imprisonments and the, the beatings that he's going to get ready to go through. But verse 24, But none of these things move me, Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed, now pay attention, therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men rise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone, of, uh, everyone night and day with tears. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace. So, grievous wolves coming in, not sparing the flock, teaching perverse things. Why? to draw disciples after themselves. I believe that when Paul talks about his great conflict for the Colossians and the Laodiceans, and he's going to warn you, I'm going to show you, in verses chapter 2, verse 4, 8, 16, and 18, he's warning about men. And what these men are doing is they're going to come in behind Paul grievous wolves not sparing the flock speaking perverse things and they're going to want to draw the colossians and the laodiceans 
away from the grace of God and trying to put them under the law and under commandments and doctrines of men, things that you can't even find in the scriptures. And these are Jews, and these are people that think that they're Jews. Covenant theology is a big thing today. And what that covenant theology is, is people believe that they are spiritual Israel. Now, I don't blame them for thinking that. You want to know why? Because if you read out of the NIV, ESV, and the NLT, the way that book is written, it hides the two Gospels, it hides the faith of Christ, it mixes up grace and law, and it leads you to read, if you read it, and I read the out of the NIV for seven years, I was a victim to this, I read it and I believed that I was spiritual Israel. It wasn't until I opened up the pure, perfect, and preserved Word of God, the scriptures contained in an authorized King James Bible, that I clearly saw in Galatians 2, 7, 8, and 9, that there's the gospel of the uncircumcision committed to Paul, the gospel of the circumcision committed to Peter. There is two different apostleships, and you read about that agreement between Paul and Barnabas and James, Cephas, and John, James, Cephas, and John, Peter, James, Peter, and John, they went to the circumcision. Paul and Barnabas, they went to the uncircumcision. They went to the heathen. And you take that agreement and you look at the New Testament. Paul wrote 13 epistles. Romans through Philemon. Who did he go to? He went to the uncircumcised heathen. Peter, James, and John... Who would they go to? You can read 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, James, Jude, Hebrews, Revelation. Revelation was written by John. Who do they go to? They went to the circumcision. So there's two different doctrines there. And what people are doing today is they're reading out of 1st Peter, 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, Jude, Revelation, all these books that were written to the Jews, and they're feeding it to their congregation. And when you really, I'm telling you, you've got to see this for yourself. I can explain it to you, but I can't understand it for you. God gave instructions. He has two different programs. Last week, I talked about two different playbooks. God is going to bring, he's got a playbook to restore earth through the nation of Israel. He's got a playbook to restore heaven that's through the church the body of christ and that's what we're living in the dispensation of the grace of god god is forming the body of christ and we're going to replace all of those fallen angels a third of them that satan defiled up in the heavenly places it's amazing really when you think about it we have an inheritance in heavenly places israel peter and the eleven they have the kingdom of heaven Jerusalem, New Jerusalem is going to be come down here and established on earth. Right? That's why when you read in, in Ephesians where it talks about making known the riches of the glorious of this mystery, the Gentiles, they're going to be able to look up into the heavenlies and see what, what amazing grace He's poured out on you and me and those who have trusted in Christ and, and the dispensation of the grace of God. Let's read some of these warnings. Verse, uh, we're in chapter 2, verse 4. Paul writes, And this I say, lest any man beguile you, deceive you, right? How are they going to de deceive you? Tells you in the next three words, with enticing words. Verse 8, Beware, lest any man spoil you. How are they going to spoil you? Through philosophy and vain deceit. 
after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, not after Christ. So it's these guys that have the Bibles on the stand. They might be incredible speakers. I don't consider myself an incredible speaker by any means. I can't compete with the world and those guys that are, are, are uh, just super smooth with words. I'm probably, I probably turn off a lot of people. Uh, I am passionate about the Word of God. Sometimes I might come across as uh, standoffish. It's not my heart. My heart is for you to understand the Word of God, put your trust and faith in the words in this book, not my words. Uh, and in verse 16, Let no man therefore judge you in meat, or in drink, or in respect of holy day, or in of the new moon, or of the Sabbath days. What is he talking about there? He's talking about Jewish customs, part of the Jewish religion. All right. In verse 18, let no man beguile you. No, let no man deceive you of your reward in voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up in his fleshly mind. I've lived and experienced every single one of these verses. And, uh, you know, I had someone ask me recently, Alex, um, you know, I, I don't really listen to contemporary worship music because you, you know my history, some of you do. I, I led a lot of the contemporary worship. And you, you know, some of the biggest music, business, biggest, uh, music influence in Christianity today is Hillsong United and Jesus Cultural, uh, Jesus Culture, and they're also part of uh, Bethel Redding, California. And I'm not going to lie to you. You listen to the music, it's some of the most beautiful music that you'll probably hear. And, you know, this is their tactics to be able, it's almost like a marketing scheme to draw people in. And these songs are not just played there in their churches. They're played, they pack stadium full of people. And churches all across the globe are playing their music. And if you look at it, you know, there's definitely like a litmus test. Some of the songs, you know, okay, and they, they, they kind of pass. But if you're really not like in the scriptures and studying it, it's just like I say with Satan masquerading as an angel of light today. Satan doesn't look red with horns. He doesn't look pure evil. He looks godly. He, it's just like a counterfeit $100 bill. You look at a counterfeit $100 bill, it looks like the same. But unless you examine it, that's the key thing. You've got to examine it. When you really start listening to the leadership of these churches and the doctrines that they're preaching, the prosperity gospel, the word of faith movement, you dig into these doctrines. Guys, this stuff is public knowledge. I, you've got to examine it. You've got to examine it. And I'm not going to even begin to tell you how much of a cash cow it is. There's profit in religion. There's money in religion. And here's the underlying message that you'll find once you get into it. Basically, they're going to tell you sin is the thing that's affecting your life. And unless you clean up your sin, unless you get your soul right with God, God's withholding these things from you. That's the underlying message. And I encourage you to actually examine yourself. But we're going to read, we have been complete. In Christ, Jesus Christ paid for all of our sins. Well, what are you going to build your faith on? You're going to build your faith on what that man just told you in the name of Jesus, or are you going to build your faith on the foundation of the Word of God? Christ is the Word of God. Put your faith and trust in what this book says. 
I believe Paul knew that there were going to be wolves and Jews and people that thought that they were Jews that were going to come to the Colossians and Laodiceans and even today for the church, the body of Christ, trying to draw away disciples after themselves and lead them away from the grace of God unto another gospel, another spirit. And that's where the warning is. And that's where we got to be aware. We got to be on guard. Point being three is the doctrine of being buried and risen and made and complete in Christ. We're going to read verses 9 through 15. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, and the putting off of the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances, which was against us, which was contrary to us, took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross and having spoiled principalities and powers hath made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it so we're complete in christ we've been circumcised with the circumcision made without hands spiritually christ circumcised us in the spirit we were buried with him in baptism we were also risen through the faith and operation of God when Christ raised him from the dead. And he's forgiven you, made you quickened, made you alive in Christ, one with Christ, forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out ordinances. And what are those ordinances? Those ordinances, you can read about them in Acts chapter 15. You can read uh, about the ordinances that were given to the Corinthians. It's all of these Jewish things, Jewish customs. And it's the things that get everybody caught up today and, and causing all the divisions and contentions amongst Christianity today. That's why we have thousands upon thousands of denominations. It's all about which ordinances to keep. And we just read the verse right there, single-handedly blotting out the handwriting of ordinances. And they were what? Against us? Contrary to us? Nailing it to His cross. Blotting out. Meaning, it's not there anymore. <laughs> there shouldn't be divisions and contentions amongst the, the body. But there's another spirit at work, grievous wolves, wanting to draw away disciples after them. Now, we're into part four, and this is continuing in prayer and thanksgiving. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, we'll read the first three verses. If ye then be risen with Christ... Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. We are to set our affection on things above. This is completely different from what Israel has their affections on. Because you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You read Acts 1, verse 8. Israel is looking to be restored. They're looking to be restored and have that kingdom that is the world power of this world. And all the nations will be blessed through them. 
That's why they had to be baptized, to be recognized as the nation of priests that God spoke to Moses. Priests have to be washed. There, are, there is no priesthood today. We're ambassadors for Christ Jesus. We're in enemy territory. Our home is in heaven. Right now, we're here on earth. We're ambassadors. You think about ambassadors, people that go into foreign nations. We speak on behalf of their government. Well, we speak on behalf of Christ. Ambassadorship, that's what we have today. In verses 5 through 15, Paul is going to compare the old man with the new man. You've got to put off that old man, put on the new man, which is renewed daily. And from verse 16 through four, chapter 4, verse 1, Paul's giving some basic instructions here of what you need to do now. And we're going to read it. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do, in word or deed, do all in the name of our Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. And then he's going to acknowledge wives. He's going to acknowledge husbands. He's going to acknowledge children, fathers, servants, employees. What you need to do. And masters. And I'm not going to spend time reading through it. Read it. Get in the Word. And then from chapter 4, verses 2 through 6, above all those things, let's read Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. So we need to be praying. If I really need to dive into that, I'm not going to spend time in it. We need to be praying. And at the same time, we need to be watching. We need to be thankful. Develop that heart of gratitude. Think about all the stuff that you have that you've been given in Christ Jesus. Be thankful. With all praying for us, that God would open us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds. So we should be praying for opportunities for preachers, for those that are evangelists, praying for them to have opportunities to what? To speak the mystery of Christ, to make known that glorious mystery that Christ died on the cross for their sins, was buried and rose again the third day. That simple power of God unto salvation. Put your faith and trust in Christ. It's that simple that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak, walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how ye ought to answer every man. And verse 6, I think, is so important because ultimately, people have questions. And if you have questions, I encourage you, jot them down. Send me a personal message. I would love to answer your questions because I know a lot of people, they don't have that one-on-one. And if, if anything, the Bible's taught me when I read and study in Acts, I look at that Ethiopian. He was reading the scriptures. He was talking to Philip. Philip asked him, do you know what you're reading? And the Ethiopian said, how can I know except the man guide me? We need guides. We need faithful men teaching faithful men. And people have questions. I had questions Guess who answered them? I asked faithful men of God to show me. And then I went to the scriptures and I confirmed whether or not that's what the scriptures said. 
And then I started building that foundation on the Word of God and started renewing that inner man, growing in the knowledge of God. How do you grow in the knowledge of God? Through the Scriptures, through the reading, the hearing, the studying. And then the sharing. Man, when you start sharing it, it just solidifies it. And it's like a snowball effect. The more and more you get into it, the more you practice, well, then the easier it is that you're going to be able to answer these questions that people have. And trust me, there's afflictions that come with this. You're going to be called names. You're going to be dragged under the bus. People are going to call you a false prophet. They're going to call you a false apostle. They're going to call you a false teacher. And it's funny because (laughs) people are probably thinking, well, Alex, that's what you just said about all these other men. Get in the scriptures. Compare spiritual things with spiritual. Compare verse by verse. Study. Show thy, study to show thyself approved unto God. Study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needeth to be ashamed. I was ashamed for many years. And I got tired of it that I wanted to get into it. And I'm still learning to this day. I thank God I had a man of God pull me aside and say, Alex, you know, um, there's a phrase you've been saying, trust in the gospel. And he's like, you got to put your trust in Christ. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. This was like last week. Go to Ephesians chapter chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. And this is what we're going to close with. Ephesians chapter 1. Notice what it says in verse 12. That we should be to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted. Who's the whom? In whom there? It's Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, in whom Jesus Christ ye also trusted, after ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Go read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 through 4. In whom? Who's the whom there? Jesus Christ. Also, that after ye believed, when you finally realized that his grace is enough, his his grace is sufficient for you. That, that there's nothing that you literally can do. You can't get your soul right with God. You can't clean up your life. You're not good, not righteous. There's no works that you can do for your salvation. You can't confess all your sins. You can't repent of your sins. Water baptism doesn't save you. Asking Jesus to be the Lord of your life or, or calling on the name of the Lord. Anything that you can do. Any work. That work is if you do something, then you get something. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that, the faith, is not of yourselves. It's the faith of Jesus Christ. It's the gift of God. It was His faithfulness to humble Himself, to become obedient to the death, even the death of the cross. Being beaten brutally marred beyond a vision of the man, crucified, naked, hung on that cross six hours, and then finally say it is finished. That work of dying for your sins and being resurrected from the third day. He had faith in God the Father that God would raise him up and seat him back in heavenly places at his right hand. Not of works, lest any man should boast. The moment that you realize that, you just simply believe it. You're sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. And Ephesians 4 says you're sealed unto the day of redemption. And that's that glorious appearing when Christ comes on the cloud. 
and those that are asleep in him up in heavenly places and those here that remain on the earth, we're going to be caught up in the air and we're going to be with the Lord forever. That's it. That's the hope that we have. So if you haven't placed your trust in Christ, I urge you to do so right now. Especially with all of the stuff going on right now. Where's your trust in? Is it in your career? Is it in your 401k? Is it in your status? In your appearance, your reputation? Because the mindset of Christ was He made Himself of no reputation and became a servant. Yeah, even a servant of all. He became a servant to serve us. Your trust should be in Christ, and I urge you to do that. You do that, you're saved. And if you're saved, well, now you need to get in the book. You need to study. You need to understand the Bible and how to study it by rightly dividing the Word of Truth. And you need to know how to walk in Christ because now you have a unique ministry. You have a unique ambassadorship that only you can reach people in Christ, that people that I or any of these other preachers can't reach. Not only are we called to believe on Him, but also to suffer for Him, for His sake. Let's close in a word of prayer. Lord, we thank You so much for Your Word. We thank You for this time that we can study. And we thank You for the technology that allows us that even though we are, are a million miles apart, we can still gather in fellowship in Your Word and study it. Pray for those that are tuning in online, if this is their first time, that they put their trust in You, Lord. And that, that they have a hunger for righteousness, to get in your word, study it, understand it, grow in the knowledge of God, and to share this truth with others. And we pray for them as they begin to do the work of the ministry and as they endure the afflictions and all the things that come with it. And that God, that you, the God of peace, will, will dwell in our hearts and give us that peace that passes all understanding in all situations. We love you, Lord, and we give you thanks in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next week. Please be safe, be well, and take care.